2: Yeah. We just sorted it out. So actually we split ourselves up because we'll, we'll go hunting together anyway. Yeah. And, uh, so if we split ourselves up and then we put his girlfriend with me in my group and then yeah. put my wife in his group, right. and then we just have two extra people as well. It doesn't matter which group they're in. And yeah. then the way, no matter what we're covered Yeah, as if I need to go out with my wife, well, I'll take my wife out. Or if I'm going out with him and he's in the other group and has the tag, well, that's great. Then we got that covered too. Yeah otherwise it just wouldn't work and yeah we just have to drop it down to to one group but. yeah for sure yeah. yeah I think what
1: we're going to do this year is because we've got a couple other buddies who started getting more and more into hunting so we got uh, myself you know my cousin a couple buddies now my kid and my dad so we got like seven guys so we'll just That's do two groups again but we'll just put like yeah we'll probably put uh my dad with with my kid Wyatt and then maybe my cousin together. And then the four of us can just go
2: in together. I think that's the way we'll do it. Yeah. And yeah. It's if, funny. You got to figure out those ends, ifs or buts, if you're busy at work too, during that season and okay, if I can't go, who can take such and such in the group? And
1: yeah, well, that's why I kept like my dad wants is obviously going to want to hunt with Wyatt. Right. So yeah. um, that'll be a big one, but I mean, I can still go with them, but at least that way, you know, if I'm out hunting, I can help my dad. Right. I can go yes. with my dad and my son. I can help them, right? My dad can shoot it. I can help them with all the processing, right? You know, getting it back and all that stuff. And then I can just go out with a buddy or two and and go do our own thing. That way too, like, as long as there's like, there's four of us together that way. Yeah. If one of us doesn't make it, there's still three. And even if worst case scenario, two don't make it, then there's still two of us to go. Right. Yeah.
2: No, that's the way to go. Yeah. And I don't
1: like, and I don't want to take like why it's only 10. So he's not there yet. Like, in the area, I know where there's moose, you got, you know, it's pretty gnarly to get in there and like my dad can't make it. So, and I don't, I mean, I don't want to drag my 10 year old
2: in there yet. Yeah. You don't want to wreck that experience for him. Definitely. No. And then we get a moose down and then, yeah, that'd be. how yeah, that long-term game is what it's all about. Yeah, no
1: doubt. So, yeah, yeah but uh, it, it'll on. be interesting anyway, just to see what kind of LEHs we're going to get this year. I don't know, man. Like there's just so much going on. Like,
2: i don't um, know there's not much for moose down here anymore i mean we still we still have them but you don't see them like you used to yeah it's and, the same here like we don't
1: we got like we always put in for like 8 14 8 12 8 15 8 10 you know depending we try to like now that we got a couple more fo- folks into it we'll probably try to break it up but i mean the moose numbers aren't high so it's like yeah i mean it's and it's a shot in the dark like i don't know like mike like my cousin, he's had that draw. We've been putting in for 814, the same mountain. Like he's had the draw twice and I've never gotten it. How, how long have you put, been putting in for? We've been putting in since, t- I think, 2013 or 2014 was our first year started putting in for that draw.
2: He's gotten all it right. twice. Yeah, I so, don't quite get our system at all. You know, some people want to go to the Alberta system and that. And, you know, there's pros and cons to everything because you hear some of those guys, like, if we went to the Alberta system right now, I I mean, you're running a lot on luck. And then some of the older hunters, they may never get the draw then ever, but they won't have the amount of years to build up the points. Like somebody who's in their twenties or thirties. Yeah. Like
1: down in the States, you could transfer points. Hey, like, so say you've been putting in for points, like say my dad, for instance, he started putting in points and like, say he croaks, right. Kicks the bucket. He could transfer those points to like my son or me. Really? Yeah. There's some States that you can transfer points. I'm not sure in the exact states, but I know there's states that you can do that. Man,
2: that's thinking. That's yeah, I like it's,
1: it's yeah, it's kind of like then, at least you know, like my dad, he's 70. How old is that guy? 71 this year, right? So he puts in, he's going to put in for draws just because he wants, like, if we get a draw, we'll go set up a camp and and stuff like that. That's what it's all about for him. And now that his grandson's hunting, he's he was more happy than
2: I was. And I was pretty pumped, right? Like, <laughs> well, And that's what it's all about. Like, I mean, I love harvesting my own things, yeah. but neither of my kids, none of my kids actually want to go out period. Um, it is what it is. Whatever keeps them happy. Right. Yeah. My youngest daughter was with me for my first whitetail and I was like, Oh, okay, well, I guess we'll see how she reacts to this. And she walked up to it. And after I made sure it was dead, she was, just like, can I poke it in the eye? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You can touch it. I was like, well, maybe there's some hope here, but no, she went another route and that's all good. But even now it's like, I look at my couple of my hunting partners. If uh, one of their, uh, the one person I don't hunt with all the time, but if, if I get a phone call and it's like, come help me pack it out. It's just, it's not a question of if we just help each other, that's all there is to it don't expect me nothing just where are you i'll be up there in a few minutes Yeah. and he texted me a picture of his boy uh first year hunting just the other year not not this last year but the year before dropped this beautiful whitetail like beautiful man he texted me that i think i was at their house waiting for them (laughs) i was so pumped i just wanted to give the kid a big
1: the biggest high five ever yeah man that's cool yeah Yeah. it's pretty it's pretty fun when uh when you get to see that I have got a couple other buddies who who've already gone through that man, but yeah, I'm, it's kind of funny. I'm definitely more excited for him than, uh, than I've been for myself in a long while. So, um, yeah, so we're gonna, we're gonna try for a Turkey. He wants to go for a Turkey. I asked him if he wants to try for a spring bear. And it's funny. Cause like right away, like before he got it, he was like, I was like, so what do you want to get this year? And he's like, well, for this year, dad, I think I'm just going to go for maybe a couple deer and an elk and a bear. <laughs>
2: that's awesome right like just
1: yeah you know
2: nothing no biggie yeah we'll we'll just knock those down and uh, yeah yeah, get on with it (laughs) yeah just get
1: just get those down no no big deal
2: do you guys have a fair amount of turkeys up there
1: yeah we got we got a pretty good population i mean like probably the same or comparable to like Castlegar area like not in in kelowna well i don't know man like it's funny because like we've been working on job sites and i've gone there early and then like you just sitting there and all of a sudden you hear a gobble and you're like, what the heck? Right. Yeah. So, but I don't know, I, I don't really ever hunt around the Cologne area too much. So, but in the yeah. area like 814 where, where we do hunt, uh, yeah,
2: there's lots of turkeys.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah.
2: We were doing pretty good up here too. I kind of hunt North of where I live here a bit for turkeys anyway, for the most part, the past couple of years. And it was almost guaranteed to have a shot at one. You might not get it into, you know, into range to shoot it, but you were going to be in the action. Um, unfortunately up here there's where the turkeys are there's a lot of private property and it's not that you can't get access it's just all choppy so you might have i've got one ridge in particular i've got every property covered there but it's like if if they just go just a little bit farther one way or the other and it's just like are you serious yeah (laughs) every year you're right here and now you're not and uh we've been getting a lot of uh highway mortality just with the trans canada reroute oh yeah and the turkeys have just taken a crap kicking on the highway it's uh well and everything else too yeah right but, uh that's even today i went just checked some cameras up north there and uh just i brought my turkey call with me and just started doing some gobbling on the way in you know it's not the season but i figured new area for me i might as well do some i know there's turkeys around somewhere up yeah. there never got a response but it is what it is. It wasn't first thing in the morning either. I was closer to like 11 o'clock by the time I got my morning stuff done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're probably like, I don't know. Like I know, uh, Adam, uh, penguin there, he texted me the other day and he's like turkeys are goblin turkeys are goblin. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't been up to, up to where we hunt turkeys yet this year, but I know the snow is melting quick. So it's, uh, it's kind of one of those things They like, we still got,
2: man, we still got close to a month left till it opens but well and in town here like i've got them right below like we've got our not only do we have town deer we've got our town turkeys too so i kind of i kind of watch them and how they're reacting they're a big flock that's like half a block away from us luckily really come into they don't come into our yard very much but uh they're already scrapping like they're full on just oh, yeah. attitude. And I'm just like, guys, you're gonna totally miss the rut if you guys are going at it already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. And it's funny because like I've I've had turkeys gobbling at like, you know, right at the opening when it opens, and then you just don't get lucky, and then you just keep plugging away, plugging away. And then all of a sudden, you know, like first week of May, they start chirping up again. So uh, you know, there's you know, maybe there's a second rut going on, which I think there is, like anything else, right? So yeah, that would um, make sense. Yeah, so I mean, most of the critters in the bush, they they usually have two cycles. If the if the hens aren't getting knocked up,
2: then what uh, what do you think of the taste of them? Oh, I love them. Do you? I know lots of people don't. Really? Yeah, I know a lot of people tell me that. Uh, ask them before I got my first one uh, the other year. There, I'm just like, how the heck do you cook them? Like, I've never had one, and they're just like, well, you put the turkey in a pot, boiling water, and throw a rock in there with it, and And uh, when it's done, after about 20 minutes or so, you pour out the water and you throw out the turkey and eat the rock. And that's the most tender part about all of them. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh. (laughs) But uh, that's totally not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, man. (laughs) uh, With that recipe book I was telling you about the other week, I'm going to hook you up with. uh, There's a wicked recipe in there. And it's, I forget the name of it, when you flatten the breast out like with a hammer, like a meat hammer. Yeah. Just to like tenderize it there. Yeah. Yeah, so you flatten it all out and then you put a little bit of ham in there just because the ham's got a little more moisture to it. Not much, sure. just a little bit. Right. And uh, put whatever kind of fancy cheese you want in it and you roll it up like a coron blue and then you oh, bread yeah. it, make it. Oh, man. It was to die for. And I, I couldn't understand what everybody else was talking about. But
1: yeah, you see, I'll take the breasts out and then uh, we usually, at that time of the year, it's like everyone, you know, it's, it's barbecue season, right? You're looking forward to getting it barbecue so we'll barbecue the breast and i just put like do usually take like a little bit of that frank's red hot and to mix it with some just regular barbecue sauce and i'll mix it together and spread that in there and it's just awesome and then i'll take like the rest of it yeah and then i'll just put it in a slow cooker and like and it really? just falls off the bones yeah and then i'll just like shred it and then my wife will make like a a stew or something with it or or, or she does something with it but i say like i do it she she really does all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
2: hear you there. Yeah. Uh, oh, that sounds that sounds really good. I'll have to uh, I'll have to think about that if I get lucky enough. Yeah, do you we- pluck the birds when you get them? <sighs> Me? No. I've only shot one, and I shot that two years ago. And then last year I tried with my bow, but it was the first year where I went out there and I was kind of shell-shocked. It was totally missed the rut. And a um, few of the private properties that I have permission on they were just like, they don't know what happened to them. They just disappeared like full wow. on, like totally. And they've got beautiful fields below them. Nice forest behind them. Like it's a perfect spot. Yeah. And I didn't see them until a couple of weeks after the season closed. And I mean, they were just chilling out, doing their thing, but it's was just like, they totally vanished, which has never happened. So Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get one last year with my bow, but the year before, I just skinned out the breast, and then the skin's pretty easy to peel back. Yeah, and then I took the leg meat and all that stuff too. But same thing. Yeah, I didn't even bother plucking it, and it wasn't bad at all.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't pluck it either. I just. I just cut it up the breast, and I just skin everything off, and then I'll just take it and I'll hang it up, and then I'll skin all that yellow, uh, all that crap off it. Yeah, I know some guys like. Some of some of my buddies uh they pluck the whole thing and i just i don't know i like he did it one year like um cause he did it one year and like he had that thing he was doing it for hours and i was like dude what are you doing what's the what's is there a benefit to it compared- i don't know but you know that crazy fucker he he skins like pheasants and gross and everything i mean sorry plucks pheasants and gross and everything really yeah like he'll sit there and pluck a whole freaking grouse and it looks like tiny, same with pheasants it does it with pheasants. i'm 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 ripping through his text messages here i'm trying to show
2: you i want to send you a picture of one of those tiny little like pheasants All right, all, all plucked yeah but the only request i got when uh i sent my wife a picture of my first turkey there was uh uh she talked to my father-in-law let him know that i got one and he had a request for a bunch of feathers and stuff because he's fly fisherman and everything. So basically dragged it up there and it's just like, which ones you want? You can have them all. Yeah. Except for the tail. I, I, uh, Being my first one, I actually dried out the tail. Oh, yeah. Fanned it out. And yeah. I was going to put it in a frame and that. And I took the beard too. And oh, yeah. Then cool. I, then I got myself a, a decoy that actually accepts a real fan tail. Yeah. So now instead of it being on my wall, it comes out with me all the time. And- oh, yeah. <laughs> And pop it into the turkey, yeah, yeah. turkey decoy there,
1: and it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I have a couple of feathers that I ripped out for the kids. I, but I mean, they always they don't last very long, and I, I never really did anything else with the, with it after that. I got one of those, uh, like the mounts, you know, with the shotgun shells in it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You can just put the fan in the back. I have one of those sitting in my in my uh, little hunting room there, and um, I don't know. I just never.
2: Never did it. Do you use a mouth read or a slate or what kind of calls do you use? Oh,
1: dude, like, man, most of the time I find I like the slate call. Okay. Yeah, I do too. You know I, I got one. I'm yeah. really happy with it. Like, I like the mouth call, like the read, just because you can go, like I, you can gobble with it. Like you, so I find that's really effective rather than doing another hand call. Like I'll just throw or do a hand call. I'll throw it a gobble. Yeah. Because they'll gobble back right away, but then they're not necessarily running towards the gobble, right? You throw a hand like I've been busted so many times when I throw a hand call, and then I'm like walking towards where the gobble's coming from, and then like we butt heads, and then it's over. Oh, gotcha. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But I, I also it. don't like the read, like the mouth call. Okay. What about Different. it? What's that? What about it that
2: don't you like? Because I know you use mouth reads for elk calling it. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: what I don't like about the mouth call is that. I, I get carried away and I overcall. Like, I just, okay. I kind of just sit there and I'm like, just get, I just overcall. I'll just sit there and like get bored or something. I don't know what the hell it is, but I'll just sit there and I find myself overcalling. Whereas, awesome. like, the slate call, it's just like so easy. You could just like do a couple nice little, you know, plucks and then you could put it, then I usually put it down and I'll put it like on the side and then I'll be like, okay, let's not get carried away here. Cause I think overcalling is like, you know, it's one of the biggest things that people do that, that you're not supposed to do. I, at least I find anyway, because like I've sat there and overcalled lots and then, you know, you get a couple gobbles and you keep calling back and then you don't get another one. So you keep calling and then that's like your day, right? You never hear nothing for the rest of the day. And then, you yeah. know, the times that it's worked, you just throw it a little one little call and then they're like come running and you just don't get carried away. And even if you let it sit for like 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes even, then all of a sudden you just they start getting more aggressive. So. Then yeah, throw another little one, yeah, and then you know that's that's usually what's worked for me. So but.
2: my biggest problem is I end up trying to call elk. <laughs> I get into <laughs> it. I sit there, and all of a sudden, I'm cow calling instead of making a little. <laughs> fox and, fox and Yeah, I just I'm just stopping and being like oh, that's the wrong animal. And I find I don't know I I found a lot of the turkey calls are those flat ones for the yeah. mouth read. Yeah. I can't run those. I can get them going, but I can't get them going consistently. And it's the same with the alt calls. I use a soft dome. Um, oh yeah. River. river. Yeah. They've actually got a Turkey call. I'm going to order one this year to try it because I do like mouth calls. And I figure that's probably the last, if that one doesn't work for me, I'm probably going to give up. I do have the slate. I do love the slate. And I agree with you on the same thing. Um, but yeah, there's times where I think I just kind of like alt calling it kind of like to have both hands free, especially in archery, just to, yeah. to make that one little sound just to pull them in that extra, you know, around that bush or that little tree or something like that. Yeah. But all that movement from your hands, like, I mean, their eyesight is so good. Oh, it's, dude, it's killer. Yeah. yeah. I always, I always thought the hunters and the pitchers and stuff and they're all done up and blending in. Like they look like a bloody tree and everything. And I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. And then yeah. you actually start getting out there with them. And it is crazy how good their eyesight is. Oh good. yeah, man, man. I've been, I've been
1: busted by birds and it's like, how in the fuck did that thing see me? Like I hidden right okay. in there and like face mask on and everything, right? Like hidden right in there. And like, they just come around the corner. I didn't move, like just sitting there. And like, the only thing that I'm moving is my eyeball and it's just like gone. Yeah. It's either like their intuition or I think, you know, he's seen, he's looked right at me and he, he could tell, right. Looking right at my eyeballs.
2: But. i've often wondered about those blinds. have you seen those blinds i believe they're called a ghost blind it no. could be could be mistaken on that it's almost like a mirror um it's supposed to be good you got to pack it around and oh yeah it's a reflection and it looks i mean they they look awesome i don't think they were that expensive either i wouldn't want to pack it around i think it would be more like a if you kind of knew where they were and you didn't have to pack it very far oh yeah i I just googled
1: it those are pretty neat
2: yeah so i often wondered with a bird like that that can see so well and how aggressive i mean if you've been on a turkey hunt mid-rut it's crazy how hard they come in like they come in for a fight so i always wondered well if they're seeing their own reflection is it going to make them even matter like because you don't have to you still got to worry about yourself obviously for movement but yeah. I'm in the same boat. I don't know how many times I've been busted and like I'm pretty sure I didn't move. But obviously yeah. I did. Yeah, it's it's tricky
1: too. You know, one back to those calls. The box call, you know, I, I think the box box call makes the most turkey like sounds. Yeah. But I've just I just hate carrying that thing around. I just cause I always find it's like you move over and like I have a little pouch when I'm turkey hunting, it's got calls and, and shit in there. I just find like it, I always find like, it's just like, eh, eh, you know what I mean? It's squeaking. Like I got an elastic band around to hold it down tight, but it still make it still rubs together and it still squeaks and it's
2: just bold. So is that the one that's like a rectangle and then the handle moves across it? Or is yeah. that like, I've got a box call. that has got two, two. Oh yeah. Dowels? No, yeah, no, not though. I've never tried those
1: things, but I've seen them on, uh, i seen them on a movie once. Yeah. It's Mark Wahlberg, I, he was using that.
2: Like <laughs> I, I have called them in with that before. Oh, really? Yeah. But I have a hard time being consistent with it. When it works, it works good. Yeah. But how often it works, I don't really know. Oh, yeah. 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 See, so have you ever heard
1: those? Yeah, for sure. Have you ever heard those things calling, like the actual turkeys calling back, like a hen going
2: nuts? Oh yeah, that's why I love living, having our our town turkeys. Oh yeah, right in town. There, I get right it right to there. listen to them communicate so much, and yeah, I try to get out there, especially when they do go. They've got a route around my place. They don't usually stop at my place, except for in the winter time with the berries and the trees. Yeah, but uh, I do when they're out front and they're not like moving through fast. I'll go and sit on my porch to listen to them. Oh, yes, to try to uh, under. I mean, it's what better benefit? I don't have to locate them or anything, and especially if they're all worked up and stuff, just try to pay attention and figure out what they're doing or what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and it's helped a bit, but now I need to find some turkeys that aren't run over on the highway. So at that yeah. point, I need to find another spot and yeah. uh, and see what I can come up with. And hopefully, you know, I'd love to have somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Like that's their that's their jam. Oh yeah, and, yeah. You know, kind of like elk hunting. Same thing. Be like, don't do this. Do this. This is why you do it. This is why you don't. And just and watch them do their thing. That's that's how I love to learn. Yeah, that, that that would be nice, but you know,
1: the turkey hunt was like when you know we got into turkey hunting. Like I just started turkey hunting, everyone's like, "Why the fuck are you turkey hunting?" Like I, it was tough at the beginning; <laughs> it was really yeah. tough. It got obviously it's gotten easier, like anything. But I mean, I'm definitely no expert,
2: but yeah, yeah, for sure. How about um, the decoys? Yeah, I've got a I got a hen that I can either stand up or lay down. Yeah, and I had uh, I had a little Jake that I have as well. And then last year I got a cool Tom one and that's the one I can put that, that fan into the tail fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I've actually got a little remote control for it. It weighs nothing. So to pack it in a bag is nothing. And I can actually make it swivel back and forth. Like it's posturing for the hen. Yeah. Um, So pretty cool to have. But again, if we were just going to go out to, BF nowhere yeah. and try to find them. I probably wouldn't bring those that one. I'd probably bring the other two. They're just kind of soft ones. Right. And I just in my bag until I found like, okay, this is where we're going tomorrow morning. We saw them roost or we know where they are. Then I would bring it out right. just because it is a little bigger, it's solid. Um, so a bit more of a pain to pack, but so cool to use. Like, yeah, like that would solid. be. And, and yeah i had when i got mine two years ago i had mine set up i was actually below the the little ridge line that i was they come across and the only reason i got a shot at it, it actually saw me move my gun toward it It started booking it and all of a sudden it saw the tom i had set up another 15 yards away and it froze for a second oh yeah that's when i got him. was right at that second
1: nice
2: hanging around but uh so they definitely have a place they yeah. do their yeah. thing but I probably didn't even have it set up. Right. Like it's just like anything else. You don't have them set up. Right. It doesn't look natural. And they're wondering what the heck's going on. Yeah. I've never had any luck with them. Like
1: any luck at all. Like the only time I've ever actually see those, seen those birds go after a decoy was when a couple of years, wasn't last year. Was it the year before the year before that? It was one, like maybe it was two years ago, maybe it was three years ago, but uh causey, had some like we we were struggling I it's kind of the whole story is pretty funny so we go I think it it was uh it was the very first year when COVID hit so it wasn't last year it was the year before yeah it wasn't three years ago so we uh we're like okay well let's go it's turkey time so let's go so we go to our spot or like to a spot not where we normally go but um we go in there we set up the wall tent right he shows up and he starts drinking right away <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, dude, calm down. The beers like it just opens tomorrow. We, we gotta go up the hill. We gotta throw some calls out tonight. He's like, don't worry about me. I'm good. So we, we said, I get camp all set up. Well, we both did. He's cutting some firewood and shit. I get the wall tent set up, we get the fire going. And like, okay, like, it's like, well, let's, let's, uh, let's head up the hill here and we'll do some calls. Right. And he's, he's, <laughs> he's been drinking. So we hike up there and he's like, and we start getting in the, like, it starts getting deeper and deeper in the snow. Right. And like, he, He's been, he was just on the road for like working for like since right from Christmas, like all the way to Turkey season. So he's like, he's, he's, he's a bit overweight, right? He's back in a few <laughs> extra pounds. <laughs> so we go up there to do some scouting the night before we get up to the top and like, I'm like, Hey, you just sit here. I'll walk up to the Ridge there and then I'll get some, I'll throw a couple calls out right at dark. So I do that. We didn't get anything back. I come down and he's ruffling around. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And he's like, I'm looking for my fucking contact. (laughs) So now we're sitting there, right? We're looking, we're looking for his contact. We got our headlights, headlamps going on. Finally, we found his contact. So we're good, right? And we're walking back down the hill and it's kind of slippery, right? And, you know, I'm walking on the side where it's not so slippery and he's walking right where it's really slippery and he's, he's buzzed up, right? So we're walking downhill and I'm cutting back and forth. I'm trying to like stay where it's, there's no snow and I'm just trying to, you know, work my way downhill, and then all of a sudden I hear this, wham! I turn around, he's like uh, he's he's like laid out like a board, right? <laughs> Gets up, he's just starts swearing, right? He's swearing and kicking and just freaking out. So he did that for like the whole 45 minute walk back to camp. <laughs> he's just pissed. right? Oh, right? Are you Imagine, laughing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I was, I'm pissing myself laughing, right? Is, is it... Which, it's not helping any right he's swearing at me so we're get we get back to cat right and then uh we start making some dinner and then uh yeah we we uh go back into uh we go back into to the wall tent and crash for the night and like stove is a bitch the whole night like the wall tent has one of those wood stoves but like they're never the best right and so like <laughs> He's 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 just like he's he's unhappy because his he hurt his side when he fell. So he's like trying to lay on one side, and then like it was really hot at the beginning. And I, this is the first time he slept in the wall tent. So then it's really hot at the beginning, but then the fire goes out, right? Then like he's sitting there and he's trying to get warm, and he can't roll on the side. and He's just freaking swearing, and then he's trying to get the fire going. And then he's like he opens it up, and then like the whole tent is full of smoke. Full of smoke, right? Uh-oh. So it opens up the t- <laughs> he opens up the the front door. We get all the smoke out. I get the fire going, and I lays down. And I'm like, Jesus, you're a mess, bud. Just go to bed. So we get up, and he's like, he can't walk now. He's hopping around, hopping around, hopping around. And I'm like, oh, you all right? He's like, yeah, go well, fuck yourself. I'm fine, right? <laughs> so he's hopping around like we didn't find anything. We went back up to an area. Well, we didn't go up to that area, but we're we're around the same area where our wall tent was set up, like not within vicinity. Yeah. And like we hunted there hard a day and a half, two days. And I was like, okay, dude, we got to go somewhere else. So we're like, okay, well, so we went and tried this other area for a day, nothing, went to another area at night. And we got a gobble, so I was like, "Okay, well, this is the plan. Let's uh, let's uh, let's go. Let's come back here in the morning, right?" And we we're a drive away, so we actually had a drive to that area. So we drove back, got her, you know, got back to our tent. I lit the wall stove, and uh, he's sitting there, he's hobbling around. And I'm like, "Dude, okay, let me see your ass. Let's see how bad it is. Like, let me see it." He's like, "Fuck off!" I'm like, "Dude, just let me see it. Let's see how bad this thing is." You're acting like a little baby. Pulls down his pants, like shows me his ass cheek. Dude, it, it is purple. No, like, yeah. purple the biggest bruise i've ever seen in my life and it's like deep <laughs> dark purple i'm like oh shit dude <laughs> pretty funny so anyway so same thing that night eh? he's cold again and like i'm like what kind of sleeping bag did you bring i'm looking at a sleeping bag i'm like well it's supposed to have a liner but i forgot my liner blah blah oh, blah no. Yeah. So he was cold. So anyway, we went through the same crap at night. So in the morning we go back to that spot where we heard the gobbles. I'm like, okay, well here, he's been having such a shitty time. I was like, okay, well you can shoot the bird, man. Like, so we set the decoys up and then um, like, okay, well, let's just wait and we'll see if we hear any gobbles. He's like, should we call him? Like, no, no, let's just wait and we'll see. And then like, sure enough, dude, it was like, they were close to where we had set up like close. We heard gobbles and I was like, okay. So I do a little, Couple little plucks on the on the uh, on the call, and they're coming in hard. Like we can hear him. we can hear him. I didn't call, and he's like, "Call!" I'm like, "No, no, shut up! Just, just get ready! Just get ready!" Sure enough, they come like right up top of the ridge. Come, they're looking right at the decoy. He said, "I couldn't see him." He said, "Yeah, they're looking right at the decoy." Goes to pull his gun up, click. He didn't <laughs>
2: know.
1: <laughs> go so he's sitting there and he's fucking with his gun, trying to get it. And finally gets it and the birds flew off right and then he's like he gets up and he's just swearing and cursing and he takes the gun and he shoots it in the air and he's like i'm going home fuck this oh no that's yeah. hilarious it was pretty funny and then last year he didn't even come out just so. wasn't into it or well it was yeah it was <laughs> like we had, <laughs> oh yeah that's awesome yeah i don't know what it was he wanted to go but he had more like conflicting work schedules and then it was like well I was, I was going and I wasn't having any luck. Right. I was getting pissed off cause I, well, I wasn't getting pissed off, but I just wasn't having any luck. And he's like, well, I'm yeah. not going to go out there if it's, if it's dead. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. funny, but this year he said he's back on board. So.
2: Have you guys ever looked for the roosting trees? I've, i like just how, how, you know, it's a roosting tree, like their main one or main couple. No, I've, uh, I would read about it and I didn't really get it, but you know, being out in a couple areas where there's quite a bit of activity and did some walking around and dude, it was like somebody went around with the white paint marker and just drew a big giant circle around the tree from all the shit. Really? And, yeah. And from I was just like, what the heck is that? And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is a, this is a roosting tree. And it's not that they're in that one all the time. Yeah. But in a couple of these areas, they obviously had a few, favorites in yeah. their area—it's close to water close to some fields and right. close to heavy cover all at the same time mm-hmm. and i must have found three or four of them in this one spot okay no and i was just and i'm so i'm always 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 looking for them now um even spring summer fall it doesn't really matter to me it's like anything else things patterned. if they're sitting in there now there's a reason for it so they might not be far away even the next year yeah and, uh, it's pretty, yeah, it's actually pretty gross to find once you do find one and yeah. just how much crap is there. Cause they just love their spot. Like it's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. just keep that in mind too. If you're heading out to an area where, yeah, I've come
1: across, some, I've, yeah, I've come across some eggs. I found eggs, turkey oh, cool. eggs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sat there and watched forever and then a hen came down. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. So yeah. did they, do they leave their eggs on the ground then, and then yeah, man, out? they're just like on a on like this little old like it was like really old rotten stump. It was kind of they're just kind of like right there on the ground. I was like, wow. I wonder they always get like because I know like skunks and raccoons, they just they go they hammer on those things, eh? Yeah,
2: well, I didn't know that. That's yeah, always wondered. But... Yeah, I was just
1: cruising around, and all of a sudden I come across this thing of eggs. I was like, huh. Yeah, I got a picture of it on my phone
2: somewhere. I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty neat. That is neat. So, are you going to when are you going to start? I know you like to hunt your spring bear. Um, when do you usually start in your area? Do you start right away or do you leave it a no. few weeks? Yeah, man. I
1: I really to be honest, I don't really start getting serious about bears till like mid-May. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh Yeah, they're pretty uh they're pretty hard to spot right at the beginning. Um, you know, they're still cruising in another den I find. And, I don't know. I like to chase turkeys and stuff. And now we got the kid, so we're going to be trying to get him a bird. And... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to try to get uh, Wyatt a bird before we get Causey one, just so I can rub
2: it in his face. Oh, man. I mean, like, yeah, he got up, he stoked the fire, no problem. That slept <laughs> the rest of the night. Went out and shot his bird in five minutes. <laughs> well, he,
1: Oh, and the funny thing is, too, is, like, when we were packing up and leaving, that dummy, he found his freaking, he found the liner for his for his oh, sleeping no. so bag. he got it. He brought it. It was in the bottom of his bag.
2: (laughs) That's amazing.
1: Oh yeah, it was funny. I still give him a hard time about that. He's
2: pretty sensitive to it though. But
0: oh yeah, well you definitely send
2: some pictures if you guys end up getting a bird. Oh yeah, for sure. You, your kid. I want to see your kid's picture of a bird. Yeah,
1: I, I won't even. I'm not even going to hunt. Turkey hunt falls like fifteenth is on Good Friday, so it's like perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna be up there for those four days. So my goal is just to, just to try to get uh, Wyatt one.
2: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, no, it's gonna be a blast. So
2: yeah, I'm 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 contemplating going down south. I'm not hundred percent. It depends on the snow and stuff too. Because let's try to maybe a little maybe closer to the end in right. May of the season in May. Because what it ends on the fifteenth of May, right? Yeah, fifteenth of fifteenth. So depending on the snow and the weather maybe haul the trailer down just for a weekend Mm -hmm. and uh you know my wife and they can all do their thing at the one of the lakes and i'll just cruise see if i can hear anything or see anything and get something great if not whatever but yeah definitely need some more some more areas to go to
1: yeah it's good to have variety that's one thing i'm always looking for is uh is grounds but i'm doing that for like anything and everything always just looking
2: yeah i think the hardest thing i've I've had to learn in the last couple of years is sometimes you got, I'll just bring up elk. Sometimes you got to leave elk to find elk. It sounds silly, but you know, you're sitting on a herd and there's a five point in there and it's six point season. Well, there's no point in sitting on that herd every single day. You know, it's good to come visit it again. Cause things can change, but. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just be like, yeah, I can get in on them. I can get in on them, but it's like, well, it's not doing you any good because you can't shoot anything in there anyway. So, you got to look hard, but you got to be like, okay, I'm going to go plan B, B, C, D, E. Yeah. Just like mine, and then start over again if you can't find anything.
1: Yeah. You definitely, it's definitely good to have variety for sure. Like, I've had areas where I've seen there's been a bull in there, and he was a five point for three years, like just a five by five. I seen him first year, I seen him. He was a five by five. He was a five by five for the three years on two. Yeah. Three years that year, the next year, and the year after he was a five by five. And then he was finally a six and like a six by five. Yeah. like Assuming that's the same bowl. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I'm pretty sure it was, I can't tell you 100% it was the same one, but pretty sure it was. So yeah, but he was like got, a
2: big, big five and like a big, big six by five, like huge. Yeah. I'd love to get some of those five. I wish we had a longer archery season. I can't tell you how many times in the last you know what have we got september 1st to the 9th for archery here yeah and sometimes it's hit or miss in the first couple days because you know they're not really spooked by too many hunters yeah but i don't usually get too much i guess aggressive action if you want to call it that until like the seventh eighth ninth usually it's like clockwork every year i get a bull raged up last year on the on the september 9th just absolute screaming match with one. I was like, "This thing's dead. Like I've, I've got him. He's he's mine." And we went back and forth, and I bet you it was a good half an hour moving around and working, work in the area. And he just happened to be. I just happened to have. I found this guy on just a small piece of private land that I was on, but it was all crowned behind it. But there was one other property, not very big. It was only like a hundred hundred yards long. And, and everything behind it was crown, and I was just like, ah, just don't cross that line, whatever, because I didn't have permission. It was new owners, mm-hmm. and I didn't have permission to hunt that hundred yards, until I crossed over. I'm gonna see if I can get that this upcoming season. But he was just, yeah, he he had a, a cow in heat, and she kept oh. wanting to come to me, and he kept getting in between and pushing her and pushing her, and yeah, oh yeah, it was just, yeah, I just needed to find him a hundred yards closer from when I first kind of got into it with them and I probably would have popped them last year, but that's when I always, it's those last couple of days of the archery season. And it's just like, man, can't this just be another two weeks longer, even I'd like it longer than that. But yeah, it'd be nice if it was all September, just archery only. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I think we're the only, are we the only province in Canada that, that hunts the elk in the rut with a rifle? <laughs> I think we're the only I think we are. province and yeah. Like what do they got in Alberta? Well, Theirs oh, is archery. Weird. I think they're all archery. Yeah. And they, they, I know they have some late season LEHs for sure. Yeah. I know a few buddies that have put in for that. Yeah. And those are in, I'd like to say November, beginning of November, maybe late October. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, and in, I guess in theory, it allows all the prime bulls to do their thing and let nature take its place, you know, the biggest and strongest winds and breeds for the most part. We're here. Yeah anything drops into our valley it's dead <laughs> yeah. yeah there's not sure. many home, so you end up hearing whispers and then everybody heads to those areas and thing doesn't have a chance but no it is, you know, it's yeah it'd be nice if it was archery only
1: for uh for all september i mean um unfortunately it's
2: probably not gonna be long till there's all leh for the whole province but that's yeah, scary it's scary stuff i was doing some more of that i mean we've talked about that all that peace region 7b bullshit that's going on yeah and uh this afternoon i was just doing some more background reading just on the actual court ruling and all that kind of stuff you know just i'm not listening to other people talk about or read it firsthand and it's just it's nuts that they're going the way that they are
1: yeah yeah well and the worst part is like you know um they put out they put it out to public opinion um harmonizing region six region seven a and region seven b in regards to moose and caribou yeah i don't like they put that out it closed on january 23rd i don't think too many people replied to it i didn't even know about it i mean it's not like you check those things all the time right so i mean that's no excuse but um yeah it's uh so i mean it's probably safe to assume that that went through because it's probably safe to assume that not too many guys or girls um had anything to say about it right so it's probably safe to assume that anything that happens in six seven a or seven b regarding moose or caribou is going to happen to all three so now if they shut down caribou region seven b seven a six no caribou hunting seven you know uh moose to leh only we're talking
2: pretty much everything
1: north of connell being leh only for moose that's nuts
2: that's just going to push everybody down to our areas yeah, but in our area, everything's LEH down here for moose anyway, and we don't have any caribou hunting down here.
1: No, but uh, when you think of the other species, like uh, this is one thing, right? Like down here, um, you know, when you're looking at when you're going through the regs, you go through region eight. Region uh, four is very similar to region eight. I mean, there's a couple nuances, but um, region three, a little bit different, right? You just not as many critters in region three as you can hunt in region eight and four, so um you start looking through the regs and you're like oh well look at this we can go this time of the year and elk's open uh whitetails open mule deer's open black bears open and they have a whitetail doe season that's open you know we got two weeks here we can hunt turkeys shit it's looking pretty good
2: yeah no i i hear you if i was just looking at the paperwork too i'd be thinking the exact same thing if i lived somewhere else yeah hunt everything at once and
1: and then, uh, you know what I mean? Like, what what's the first thing that usually gets gets killed? On you know, you get a couple of guys coming down from up north. They're not the best elk hunters, or they've never hunted elk, and they've never hunted the area. They don't know the area. Most most of them are gonna, you know, you cover enough ground. Eventually, you're gonna pop into a white tail doe, right?
2: Absolutely. And yeah, I, they're not coming down here for nothing. No, and I know a couple. The last set of regulations, not this new one that they just put out. Or two years ago, but the one before that, um, they had the overlap of the end of the elk season too. So it's like you're out elk hunting, like you say you don't get anything, and it's like well, there's white tail riding around everywhere. We're going home with at least you know a white tail, and you go through these camps that have four, six, eight people in them. There's four, six, eight whitetail does sitting on their rack. It's all yeah. legal. Yeah, they want it, but you can't. And that's like one camp. Yeah, and you just you can't sustain that and. And down here, I like, can't, animals that we had, I mean, we were the Serengeti. It was awesome. And that was even before, that was before I started hunting and uh, just watching them, how quickly they've gone down in the last couple of years. And not just, I mean, the hunt, the hunting part did its pick too, but then, you know, the predator um, increase and, you know, the government not wanting to deal with that when it comes to grizzly bears and not wanting to touch the wolves even though they're a huge huge problem so many black bears like you know black bears might not do a huge amount of damage you know later on but they you know in the fall time and stuff to the the deer so much but they sure do their number in the springtime on all the fawns and stuff and the cows like
1: oh yeah that's one thing people don't see with black bears is like they man they freaking hammer those fawns they are good at what they do yeah yeah for sure and there's a lot of black bears like people they throw black bear numbers out there and you're like oh shit there's way more black bears than you guys are saying there are i mean like i get it how the hell do you count black bears it's impossible but like yeah like there's tons of black bears yeah and i know i mean as you get go ahead oh i was just gonna say i mean in areas where you have a higher uh density of grizzly bears obviously you're gonna have less black bears but yeah i mean for the most part I mean, it's a bear's, you got one bear or the other bear, right? So, I mean. Yeah.
2: I know lots of guys that'll drive out to an area in the springtime and the same kind of thing as what you're saying, like end of May into June, they can drive up to an area and you're going to see 15, 20 black bears in a day. And they might not take one because it might, you know, to them it's, it's not mature, you know, mm-hmm. it's smaller or anything like that. Not that they're looking for a trophy, but if they're, you know, we've had bear bratwurst and stuff like that. It's delicious. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, they're just like, no, it's not mature. It's there's not enough meat. It's not worth, it's not worth taking, but they'll see 15, 20 of them in a single day. And it's dumbfounding when you think yep. about it. Like, oh yeah, it's just, that's just one set of hunters. Yeah,
1: I've seen, yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon to go see 10 to 15 bears a day when you're, I mean, even when you're not bear hunting, but even when you're bear hunting, I remember talking to uh, Josh Kirshner from my, you know, Dialed In Hunter, I don't know if you're familiar with him, him and I were talking like he hunts down in Arizona, and he's like, he's like, well, how many bears do you see a day? And I was telling him, I was like, oh, dude, you don't even want to know, like, on any day, like, I could see 15 bears. And he's like, I don't see 15 bears in like two years he's telling me he's like, goes on like three to five day bear hunts and like lucky
2: to see a bear. Was, was that the same person who said they have about 3000? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's been on the show
1: uh, a while. He was a while back. We should get him back on for a spring bear. We'll just chat with him about it. Yeah. He's a, he's a good ship. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Cool. So uh, you're out uh,
2: trying some new bows. eh? Oh, dude. I am like, yeah, I'm the kid at Christmas time right now. Um, had some issues with my with my older bow last year. I, I was really happy with my, my I think it's a 2012 Bowtech Destroyer 340. It was awesome. I loved it. Smooth, fast, old school. Yeah. As far as compounds are, they really jumped ahead in technology.
1: Oh, yeah. They, the every time. year, and it just seems to compound. Like every year it gets a little better, a little better, a little better. Like the leaps get further and further apart from like how oh. advanced technology comes. And i think
2: that's what made me the most excited about looking at bows and actually shooting them um i went in with a totally open mind you know i did my research i saw what what was there and um i'm not looking for the fastest bow i'm not looking for the slowest Uh, you know i'm trying to find that nice happy medium with a nice something nice and smooth not getting any younger um and i you know i typically pull about 70 pounds so it seems like you can fit right in the middle of all these bows for everything's either set up 60 to 70, or you have that range 70 to 80, and you can pretty much get whatever you want um, mm-hmm. for your personality, whatever, you know, it, it seems like a lot of these companies designed a few different styles of bow for the guy who wants to pull 80 pounds and the guy who just wants, you know, that smooth cycle and that's it. And uh so, yeah, anyway, I, I went into, you know, I was going to try Bowtech and PSE and Matthews, of course, and uh apa and uh so yeah i went in and where's the first place i went i went to calgary pretty much the two main archery shops i'm sure there's there's a few more but the two main ones are calgary calgary archery center down in the south and uh jimbo's archery up in the north of calgary both were awesome places um yeah i think i tried out Tried out a couple bow Bowtechs, an APA and a PSE at uh, Canadian Archery Centre. They were amazing. Set them up all exactly to my draw length and just poundage that I wanted. And uh it was it was mind-blowing to say the least at the difference uh from my old bow to these new ones. Um, <laughs> mind-blowing. Like I just yeah. sat there. And yeah, so you brought right. your old bow with you. Pardon me? You brought your old bow with you? No, I took the sight off it. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I was going to... I I knew I was going to get something. Maybe I have to order it, depending on, you know, because the whole stock, you know, everybody's having problems bringing stuff in. Yeah, man. I brought my site just in case I found a bow that, you know, lucky enough, maybe it'll be in stock and, you know, we can get it set up there while I'm there. But uh, you're a Matthews guy, aren't you? This year, yeah. You know what? For the longest time, I
1: I shot Hoyt. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I was just like that RX five, five I had last year, I was just so turned off from it that I just, uh, I, I went tried that. And I'm talking to Brian Barney about that, uh, that, that new Matthews bow. I just, I, I sat around for weeks and weeks and I was like, I got to go down and try it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went down to hardcore archer here and yeah. seeing Ken. Oh, Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's... Yeah. I like it, but you know, it's hard. It's, I mean, every bow—it's they got a couple, you know. Like it's not a—it's aluminum bow, right? So yeah. It's a little different than the carbon. You know, the carbon's nice, um, but it, yeah, I mean again, but like that—the way they, like they have that bridge lock system and how, how tight everything is on that bow—it's just like it's insane. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, so, it's they're really thinking about making it a balanced. Yeah. Everything, everything just streamlined and balanced instead of having everything hang off the sides, and it's—it is crazy how much you know torque you'll get from having you know a couple extra ounces on one side of the bow versus the other and that and you start putting everything in the middle and yeah it's it's neat how how balanced it'll sit in your hand just as is Oh yeah yeah that that's the first
1: thing i know and and that's the thing right you start you start putting you know you have your you have your sight on one side of the bow then you have your quiver i mean not everybody shoots with a quiver on their bow but i do um, then you have your arrows in there right and then all of a sudden you're you know you're you're listing to one side yeah. so then you try to compensate it by adding to the other side right to ba- to get that balance point but you're just adding weight yeah. and not only that I mean that's just you know you have to put a stabilizer out on say you're a right-handed shot out in your left side that's just when you're out in the bush I mean it's just one more thing to get hooked up on or caught up on or snag a bush and you know, if you're, you got an elk moving in or a deer moving in and you just, it gets caught a little bit when you're trying to move it, I can make or break it right there. Right. So
2: absolutely. Definitely
1: yeah. having everything in line on that, that bow is just like, it's so tight. Like even their quiver is like, it's tight, man. It's like, you can't get your fingers through that and the riser. It's just tight. It's awesome. I was actually
2: watching one of the bow shops put a couple of those, uh, those quivers, the Matthews quiver on the Matthews, uh, V3X yeah, they were, they were all like they know what they're doing but because of how tight it was they were having a little bit of issues putting it on like they got it on beautifully for whoever the lucky customer was there but it was crazy i just yeah. looked at it yeah there's like virtually no gap there it's so no, like tight. you
1: can't get your fingers through there that's how tight it is like it's tight like it's pencil tight like you could, a pencil would probably touch a ridge, touch
2: each side on the way through like it's tight. Unreal. So yeah. do did you just go down to try that one, uh, like the Matthews, or did you go down and try a couple of them?
1: Well, that time I went down, like I was – I went down before and I was shooting uh, – I was shooting the new PSC carbon. That okay, thing's yeah. That freaking light, man. Yeah. That thing is insane
2: how light that bow is. It's crazy how light What did is. you – What did you think of, like, the draw cycles and that kind of stuff between the two?
1: Uh, I liked <sighs> – Man, it was good too. Yeah. <laughs> no, it there's like you know what I mean like they're they're all like I, I haven't shot the RX7 yet and I haven't shot anything else other than those the Matthews and the PC for this year, but yeah. um you know what I mean and like well like I had uh uh I had an extra bow too I bought. Uh, I had a Prime 2 years ago. Yeah, 2 years ago and that was nice, right? Like the back wall was really nice. Yeah but it's just I didn't like the bow so I you know I I stuck with the Hoyt and yeah it's uh but they're also good you know what I mean like they have each one has good things and then some have it, you know it has not as good things as the other bow and it kind of like vice versa, so it's that tough would to be my, nowadays.
2: Only advice, my only advice I would say just you're you're think you're the way you're talking about is exact thing that you know I keep hearing from other people um you know like every everybody's gonna have something different whether you're built a little differently whether you're a little stronger in the shoulders than the next person over um because every single bow i tested i could have walked out of that shop happy
1: yeah yeah and you would have been happy too that's what you know when we were talking on the phone back and forth about it like you know that's the biggest thing is it's not what is the best bow it's what's the best bow for you do you know what i mean like and yeah everybody's different like you said everybody's different so i mean you know there's some you can get short guys with like 29 30 inch draw lengths right and then it's like well you can't have you know uh if you got a 30 inch draw length and you know you're not going to grab a 29 inch axle axle bow right so um yeah so you know everybody's different right so it's uh And then you get, you can get some tall guys with some short draw lengths. Right. But
2: yeah, I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got, I got to say, like I went in, I was having shot a bow tech, you know, it was my only serious bow that I've shot in archery. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I got my two top ones statistically anyway, that, and I've heard raves about, and that was the, the new SR 350. And I know a few people who have them shot them and said it was like the smoothest bow out there going period uh and also the cp28 which i think is their smallest axle to axle it's more of a speed bow right and so i i was like oh i'll try it anyway because we've talked before like we hunt a lot of really tight terrain tight so i was like well i'm kind of interested in that shorter axle to axle for that purpose so you're not getting snagged up and all that kind of stuff And I drew back on the, I started with the 350 first and I drew back on that and I just sat there just holding the arrow and I was looking at, uh, at the one, one person who was helping me out. And I was like, that was the most amazing thing I've ever felt. Like it was so ridiculously smooth and at 70 pounds and it didn't feel like 70 pounds. There's no way it was even close to feeling like that. And I actually had to ask him after I shot and I was like, you sure this is set at six, you know, at 70 pounds. Double checked it, and yeah. So yeah, that's I don't know the back wall. Everything was solid, smooth. And then I was like, all right, all right. Well, let's try this. You know, the cp 20 I'm I'm expecting you know a bit of a hump in there. And is that supposed to be their speed bow? Yeah, <laughs> that thing was sick. <laughs> I know that's what I know, it man. Drew, I like, yeah, it's funny. Oh, it drew back almost as nice as the 350. As like, I couldn't. I'm sure there was some minor differences but I was like expecting this big hump. And by the time, you know, I drew back and I was like, there was nothing that I could tell anyway for me. And uh, man, it was just, I don't know. The only cons that I found, like if you ever do test one of those out just for fun or whatever, the only thing I didn't like about those is if you have to let down, it was literally like having to push it forward. I don't know if you've heard other guys talk about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it was like, you're letting off tension, letting off tension and it's not taking it. And then all of a sudden it goes. Yeah. There was one thing I didn't like. I'd rather just go back with even weight as you're letting down. Yeah. You know, in case you're in that position where you're out after that. that. Yeah. That's what I found with the prime too.
1: Just oh, okay. Like yeah. It, it just, just wanted, it wasn't, wasn't And all of a sudden it was just like
2: wanted to jump out of your hand. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, those are the only two bows I found like that, to be honest. Um, Like I I tried the PSC Evo, I think it's EVL. Yeah. Yeah. And 34, I believe it was a big bow. Yeah. Um, It was nice. It was a little, it was a little harder to pull back, but it was very smooth. It didn't really feel like a hump. It just, I don't know. It just had a slightly different feel to it Mm -hmm. and letting go like, yeah, tiny bit of hand shock, not much like I could shoot that thing all day long and it wouldn't bother me, but it had that feel of pulling through the whole way, like after I let down, and I was like, "Okay, that's more like it." Like I like to feel it as I'm, you know. Yeah, more consistent. Yeah, I'd just be afraid if you got that nice white tail or that deer, elk, whatever, and you have to let down because dis- disappeared behind a tree, and you need to break. Or you're not going to get a shot for another ten steps. That so you're not making this huge movement. Yeah. Because it's pulling <laughs> you forward all of a sudden when it does decide to go. Yeah. But yeah i don't those are the only things there i don't APA what about would, that did you try that apa that... i tried out the apa the only unfortunate thing for that there is i forgot to write down whether i tried the mamba or the cobra <laughs> oh yeah so yeah i was trying to write notes and all that so i could keep them all straight it was a beautiful bow probably the most aggressive one it, it definitely had a little hump in there Oh yeah. nothing that was bad though but there was a hump in there uh, when he got in there shot smooth um I I didn't feel much for hand shock in that bow. Yeah, and pretty dead in the hand. Yeah, pretty dead in the hand. And it felt fast compared to the other. Like it just so yeah, I wish I it was my only bad there is. I forgot to write that one down. And I think that one there was that one that one wasn't a 70 pound, that one there was set at 65. Right. So it would have been interesting to see what it would have been like at 70. I'm not, so I'm not sure if that one has different mods that you put on. Yeah, I, wasn't. I
1: don't know. I'm not familiar. I've never shot a AP or nothing. Like I know they're, I know they're Canadian bows and, but uh, yeah. I,
2: yeah, I and I've, I just... yeah. I've got a couple of buddies who shoot them and they love them.
1: Oh really? Yeah. I, see yeah. It. I I don't know anyone who shoots one. Like I've seen them. I've seen them in okay. the pro shop down here at hardcore archery and stuff, but I've never, uh, and, and like I, I talked to Ken about it and stuff and Chuck down there and they're like, yeah. I mean, they're good bows or, I mean, they're Canadian bow, um, but they got kind of
2: some funny things going on, but. Yeah. Well, if you're down for it, if you end up managing to make it down for our 3d shoot. Um, yeah. We're, we're in for that for sure. Well, that's awesome. That'd be, that'd be wicked. Um, you're you're going to meet a couple of guys for sure that have them there. A couple of my good buddies um, they run them and they oh, yeah. love them. Yeah, so nice. yeah. Yeah. Cool. One. I
1: know there used to be, apparently there used to be a rep that lived around here. I don't know if it was Camels, Kelowna or was like somewhere in the interior, here, Southern interior, but oh, okay, if he's still kicking around or not, but
2: yeah, I know yeah. my buddy uh, Cody Statham, he actually was there at the very beginning. I think he actually helped, helped them design their logo and everything. Oh yeah. Cool. I know he still shoots. I know he's busy now. So I'm not sure how much he's he's in with them right now, but I know he's still tied to them to a, a small point at oh, least, yeah, very minimum. But what do you yeah. think?
1: Uh, what do you think of how those APAs look? How did it look? I liked it.
2: They've you actually right, got a yeah. I, I kind of like the look of it, and I kind of like how they have a few little tools with them as well. Um, just stuff that's like cut into the the riser itself. Like even like you they've got a a, a broadhead cutout in there for multiple different styles oh, and yeah. you can actually stick your broadhead in there if you think you hear it loosen off or whatever and you can oh, stick I it see in, it there, in yeah. front of the shaft so you're not having to use your fingers or anything um and then there is i think they have something cut out for there's another tool I, i'm pretty sure it was one to go in the cam i'm not sure if they still had that i didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it because as soon as i shot it i was like no this isn't as nice as the right the sr 350 in the cp28 so i only shot that one round and then I put it to the side, but I'm pretty sure they have like a tool that's integrated with the riser so that if you have an emergency fix out in the field, you can, uh, you can put it in the can and oh, it will yeah. release kind of deal. So you can do some quick repairs if you're oh, capable. Yeah. 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 Is- Matthew <laughs> came up with that
1: too, though. They have a, they got a field kit so you can, that's right. A
2: couple too. extra, is it, is it in the cams? They have some extra little hooks that you put that string yeah. on too. You put the string on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, uh, so I think I, it, I've, I've never messed around with it or not nothing, but I'll probably screw something up if I try it, but it's just cool to have throw that in your pack. Well, if especially you if you go on
2: a five or 10 day hunt or something like that. And it's just like, you've got some spare things or something goes wrong. You can actually work on it and it's yeah. not like it was wrecked.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I always like when I'm archery hunting, I always have extra shit in my pack.
2: Yeah. That's smart.
1: Yeah. Like always have everything, extra (laughs) D loops with pliers, right. Serving string an extra ice, like an extra peep sight. Yeah. Some glue. Um, Yeah. I have everything in there just, just in
2: case. That's my next thing I have to learn is the serving and stuff like that. I don't know how to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's relatively easy. Yeah, I I watched them doing a bunch of stuff in the shop there when I was waiting to try out the bows in the second place there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can kind of, you know, I missed a couple little steps, but I was like, I totally could see what they were doing. And I was like, oh, that's totally doable. Just need to have somebody show you what to do, where to do it. And, but uh, that's the next step is to learn that. I, you know, I like to be able to, our closest bow shop here is two hours away. He's amazing. Oh, no kidding. Yeah,
1: see, but we have. Well, I'm 15 it. minutes away from one, and but I still do everything at home. If I fetch yeah. all my own arrows, and I do. I do everything, but kind of just when I got into it, I I kind of just started wanting to learn everything about it. So I kind of just yeah. dove into that, and right, just no better way to learn something than learning how it all goes together, and like so. And then it's just super hat, super handy to have because you know, stuff's not going right or, or that you can switch it up and you kind of get an idea of like what exactly is going on, especially with the arrows and you start building arrows for yourself and you kind of get a really good idea of, of what's going into that area, arrow,
2: arrow, arrow. Yeah. And that I've learned in the last year, year and a half, just that I do all my own now too. And it's, it's from listening to other, it's really not hard no. when you start learning the steps and you start listening to other people and there, you know, some theories as to why you do certain things. And, yeah. yeah again it's all personal preference so you can trial yeah. and error until yeah, you find exactly your sweet yeah. spot for yourself well exactly yeah
1: exactly and it's not everyone's going to be different right everyone's shooting a little bit of different draw length everyone's shooting um a little bit you know they're shooting different poundage you know you're shooting at different things so it, you know different everyone's different so it's going to be a, it's going to be like that with your arrow so what Again, it goes back to what's going to work for one person. Like my arrows aren't going
2: to work for you and, and vice versa, even though we have the same draw length. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was talking to Jimbo's Archery was the last place I went to in Calgary there. And he was awesome. Was just listening to Cause I told him I'd already shot a bunch of bows earlier in the day. And, and, uh, I was shooting the Matthews B, uh, B3X there. And you know, really liked it. Um, didn't quite think it was quite as smooth as the 350 sr 350 man it felt good it was like again amazing bow yeah. and i started telling him about you know kind of the the two bow techs and the cp28 there i was just like man that thing was just it's a shocker for how small it was and how smooth it was and he's like hold on a second he's like i got a bow i want you to try and i was like first of all i'm gonna tell you one thing if it's over 2k for the bigger <laughs> on bow, the rock Leave it hanging because i'm not buying it i was just (laughs) i didn't end up trying to levitate from psc for the same reason because it, you know it's like 21 or 2200 bucks and i was like i just can't do it yeah and the same with the
1: uh the rx7 too i don't know that's right that one going
2: for now it was around the same thing i'm sure it was 21 or 2200 bucks yeah they're
1: all like even the rx5 i think that was going around that last year too so that's kind of like but then i think you know the rx7 is it really that much better like i haven't shot one yet but they got one down at hardcore should pop down there and start shooting it before i
2: start talking so at least then i can know what i'm talking about it'd be interesting to compare it to like the one that the the bow that jim actually ended up bringing out to me and he's like he brought out the Ventum pro um 33 yeah and it's like all right he's like it's just like literally like 50 bucks more than the matthews and i was like right on bring it out i'll try it why not i'm here right yeah And he's like, this is kind of, it's very similar to the CP 28, the way it draws. Um, It's not that speed bow, but it's smooth. And I drew that thing back. (laughs) I shot and I was just like, holy shit. And I turned around and my wife just looked at me and she's like, that's the one you're getting, right? And afterwards I was like, how'd you know? And she's just like, that's the biggest shit eating grin I've seen on your face (laughs) all day long. It was just like instant. It was like, this is the bow. And it was just how ridiculously smooth it was. I don't care if it's 10 feet a second slower than the others. I'll be able to shoot that thing till I'm 90. Like yeah. that's how smooth it was. And it was again, 70 pounds, like all the others. Yeah. And the thing felt like 50 pounds. Like you just hold it forever. Yeah. That's one nice thing about the Matthews.
1: Like I've shot 70, 80 and you know, they're, With the cam systems they have, it's just like, yeah, they're, they're, it's amazing. And it's funny because, like, my cousin has a 70 pound, he had the very first Redworks bow with Hoyt. Okay. (laughs) Fuck, man. Like, you have to fight to draw that thing back. I don't even think he can draw it back anymore. But it's it's an old bitch, that thing. It is just mean. But I mean, it's got tiny little cams on it, right? So
2: it's crazy the size of the cams they have now in comparison oh, yeah, like what you're saying it's it's nuts. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's one of the first things I noticed when I started going to the redworks was just the size. Like I was shooting a Hoyt before. Yeah. I can't remember what the heck it was. Man, I'd have to go look at the bows, but it was uh it was it wasn't one of the redworks bows that Hoyt had and then I went and shot I started shooting the redworks and I was like, "Oh man, this is way better, way better." Yeah. Oh man.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, whenever you come out here, you'll have to, uh, hopefully I'll have my, my bow there tuned up for the most part and give her a whirl and see what you think about it. And yeah. So uh, I was out in the backyard this morning. I was trying to do some tuning There's some shaft tuning with it. And, uh, I got it close and then that slight breeze came up and was just moving the paper a tiny bit. And I was like, Oh, I'm done now. Like <laughs> can't definitely can't read a paper tear when the paper could be fluttering as it hits and <laughs> yeah it's not adjustment. it's
1: not ideal to paper tune your bow and no win for sure
2: so as much as i wanted to keep shooting i had to put it away and <laughs> cry a little but <laughs> yeah how's the shoulder ah uh, it feels 100 percent no it took really? uh yeah it's man i wrecked so out. what did you what did you do to
1: it i don't really want to say because <laughs> That's why I'm asking, so you'll get
2: it out there. Yeah, yeah, well, I woke up from a really nice sleep one morning. Quite <laughs> the shoulder hurt like a son of a bitch. And yeah, I literally, I chalk it up to, I slept on it and I hurt it. <laughs> I have no idea. It uh, there, there wasn't a single moment where it was like, oh, I hurt my shoulder. It was literally, I went to bed one night, 100%, and I woke up and apparently I had a couple small tears in it and so I was like two weeks before archery season started. So yeah, mid-August. And I, yeah, I just, I just went through it and I didn't care. Like I so what do you shooting. do now? Do you sleep on your back? Like you just tuck pillows in there? Actually, after going to physio and stuff and telling, like, I described them how I slept and stuff. And I'm kind of like, I lay on my arm. Like, just, above I, my I'm a
1: side sleeper too, but I mean, I've never woken up. and been like, oh, I can't shoot my ball anymore. Right. I slept on my
2: shoulder. <laughs> Man alive. <laughs> yeah yes i and i can't sleep on my back so uh, the physio people are just like actually sleeping on your arm with your arm above your head is actually one of the worst ways to sleep because you've got a few uh you got tendons and stuff that run a certain way in your shoulder and when you yeah. sleep like that you're actually pinching them oh yeah so I'm, I'm sure i had some micro tears from whatever i don't know could be yeah. anything oh yeah I'm Not I'm sure. You it's all not nice to my body i go and do whatever i want and, no, I'm uh, playing
1: hockey and, and shit, right? Like, how many times have your shoulder hit the
2: boards or yeah, another shoulder or the ice, right? So, so I think it's just a you know a few minor cumulative things, and then finally something just went and unfortunately don't have a good story to say this is how I injured it and it was really cool and it was worth it. I know I just woke up older, <laughs> I hurt more. <laughs> But I love it. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I, I went through the whole season and I was dead set on getting my animal, with the bow and I elk season didn't turn out. I switched to the rifle because I, I wanted to, was on a couple animals, but I couldn't quite close the deal. And then by the time, well, when was it? Like November came along there. It was hurting so bad that I was just like, I'm going to have to take my animal with the rifle. Like there was just, and it sucks because I took both my deer. My mule deer, it took in September while I was elk hunting at 10 yards, which was a bit of a great, Yeah, it was like 24 degrees out. So I couldn't carry my both weapons anymore. Yeah. So I get back at the truck a couple kilometers back. And then my white tail, I got a week before the end of rifle season. I got it at, it was like 15 yards or something like that or vice versa. But yeah. yeah, total for both deer, 25 yards. And it's just like, are you kidding me? Like this was, this was the year to get them both with my, With my bow, and I didn't.
1: Yeah, man. Like the thing about committing to bow full time is you got to just leave the gun at home. Yeah, that's what I found. Like we've talked about it before, and it's like, you know, I I did the same thing for a lot of years, and then this last year I was like, nope, I'm not even gonna pull it out. I didn't even, not even, you know, I just left it, left in the closet. Fuck it.
2: I think that's what's gonna have to happen. I'm not sure on elk. For deer, I can definitely do that. For elk, it might depend on where I'm going. If I'm going to areas where I know there's lots of long shots, I mean, the six points are just getting harder to find. Yeah, I don't have a problem finding elk. I have a problem finding six-point elk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: it all depends on LEH draws, too. Obviously, if you get – well, again, we'll see what's coming out here next month for LEH draws. But, I mean, if you get once-in-a-lifetime draw, it's hard to – well, that's kind of
2: what the moose one is down in our region
1: here. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's what I'm getting. Like, I had that sheep draw last year, and I used my bow. Button. Yeah, I mean, oh and man. I would do
2: the same thing. I would use my I, – I wouldn't even hunt elk. I'd be 100% moose all in. Yeah. My bow throughout the rut all through September here. Yeah. Funny, I mean, because I think they actually rut a little later up in Fort St. John area where I told you I was hoping on going. Yeah, I guess that's kind of – I don't know what the hell's going to happen there.
1: It's kind of going to be – yeah, sure I luck um, there, eh? Most likely. Yep. Well, apparently it's already gone through. Like, oh really? I seen a letter yeah. from Mike Morris. Did I send you that that letter? Anyway, I seen a letter from Mike Morris. He's the MLA in Prince George. Okay. And he said he's addressed her the, his concerns to that, Katrine Conroy. Okay. And she already she just ignored him and said no, it's already done. That's already I've already put the I've already put it through. And she's the Minister of Forestry and or not um, land and wildlife. She
2: lives in Castlegar. <laughs> I definitely think there needs to be a branch just for wildlife
1: yeah yeah and when Jesse was on I was I was hoping like I was hoping I could get into that with him a little bit and I tried to like I asked him that question but like he didn't really understand my question and I only had him it was kind of like he just move, shuffled a bunch of things so he can get me in real quick so I didn't you know I maybe had I could have probably stretched an hour but you know I, I kind of wanted to focus on what was exactly was going on and like the immediate threat and like the immediate response like what's the way to best way to go about it yeah. so i didn't want to get into the details too much about that but like yeah like uh we you know we got to get him back on and because i mean like he's pretty much the man with these issues when it comes to like knowledge of that stuff and and all that so uh, we'll definitely yeah. have to get him back on and and uh, you know prod him a little bit so we've been chatting here for an hour and a half i don't know how many how long people are gonna to want to listen to us let's uh let's call her good till next time we'll chat Sounds soon
2: all, all right everybody. have a good night yeah later dude
1: okay i want to thank everyone again for tuning in to another episode of the focus hunting podcast which is coming at you as part of the waypoint outdoors collective this episode of the Focus Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Vortex Optics, the best in optics. Period. Backroads Maps, never get lost with Backroads Maps, and AKU Boots, you owe it to your feet. A uh, quick shout out to Hal for Wildlife. If you guys are not familiar with Hal for Wildlife, make sure you head on over to HAL4Wildlife.org. become a member. It doesn't cost you anything. They got tons of great stuff going on, and uh, we're gonna be working with them, getting some Canadian issues put on their uh, platform. Thanks again, everybody.